Hello, everyone. Welcome to Smoke the Podcast, episode 21. 21, bro? Yes, sir. 21. Already. Already. <laughs> One right after the other. Well, we're uh, going at it. We're, we're cranking out the content, huh? Trying to. <laughs> um, our cigars are already lit. Yes, uh, sir. I'll run through the topics. Okay. So, what we got here is... Um, pardon me if I botched the name of this cigar. Yeah. Uh, I didn't want to have to say it, but we're smoking a My Father Flor de las Antillas. Yes. How was that? It was, yeah, that sounded <laughs> beautiful. Um, the whiskey we're going to be sipping on today is Coppercraft Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Okay. Um, and then we're going to talk about the topics that we told you last, last time. Right. We're going to talk about a little bit of a quail opener. Um, actually, all the openers, because Dub Opener happened too. Um, a little bit of COVID-19 um, and its effects that's had on guns and kind of our lives and the way we have to purchase things in California. Right. Um, but, I mean, we have other laws that kind of uh, have to deal with that. But, you know, just that stuff in general. Right. And, you know, if we get on to other topics like we tend to do. Um, it is what it is, bro. Well, definitely on this one, too, we'll be talking a little bit more about kind of life, how life has been for yes. us as well with, with COVID. And um, life is good right now, as you can hear the crackling of the fire. Yes, we are fireside <laughs> tonight. It's pretty nice. Uh, you might hear uh, Sierra, Sierra's little uh, tag jangling around um, as she uh, kind of tries to give us love every now and again. Yeah, prances or around the backyard. tries to get pet or something, I don't know. Yeah, or drink, Whatever dogs drink do. the whiskey. Drink the whiskey. She is a little booze hound. Yeah, yes. Uh, as long as she doesn't eat the cigar. No, she'll be fine. She don't like smoke. Well, go ahead and uh, introduce us to the cigar. Yeah, so obviously, uh, as Theodore said, it is already lit, so we've uh, just been puffing on, on these just a, just a little bit. Um, it's the My Father, is the, the company and the... Uh, make of this cigar is the Flor de las Antillas. Uh, so I'm going to read the description and this comes straight from Cigar International's website. As you guys know, we love Cigar International. Can't say enough good things about them. However, we purchase these at the local shop down the street. Mom and Pops. Normally though, normally though, we get our stuff from Cigar International mm -hmm. just because they're, uh, they're pretty awesome. So, so anyways, here's the description that they have. It's uh, featuring an all-Nicaraguan blend of tobaccos. Flor de las Antillas maintains my father's reputation for crafting full-flavored, well-constructed handmaids. Greeting you from the outside is a dark Nicaraguan sun-grown wrapper, beautifully box-pressed and smooth to the touch. This leaf houses a bouquet of Nicaraguan long fillers and binder to create exceptionally balanced and smooth experiences. Each Flor de las Antillas delivers a distinct array of flavors, including notes of cocoa, pepper, sweet cedar, and earth. From start to finish, Flor de las Antillas maintains its smooth character and never goes a tick over medium to full-bodied. Now. One of the unique facts about this cigar is that it got eight 90 plus ratings, including a number one cigar of the year honors and a 96 point score in the process, which noted delicious from the first puff with notes of nutmeg, white pepper, 
and just enough strength without being overpowering, they are hard to put down. Well, um, I will say we've been puffing on this for maybe 10 minutes, if that. If um, that, probably closer to five. It's burning really good, uh, really straight. Um, the only kind of negative reviews that I heard was construction issues. Yeah. Um, but those are, are, are probably uh, We read rare. four reviews that were two, there was one one star and two two stars, and then there was like 400. Uh, five stars. Though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I think, um, you know, it's possible uh, they could have gotten a bad one or whatever, and you know, you never know with, with customer reviews. I mean, it, it's it's crazy. Well, that, and I always, I always like to look at too, like who's smoking it, how they lit it, yes. how they cut it, you know, it, there's a lot that, like you can screw up a good cigar. So the thing is, is, I lit the cigar, and we're trying to start this podcast. You probably heard me take the uh, plastic off of the whiskey right now. Right. So I put this thing down a couple times, and um, it's still burning really nice. Yeah. I'm still getting a good draw. I don't have to like uh, give it a couple extra puffs. Yeah, you don't. You back don't up. Yeah, you can. You can definitely nurse this one. Mm -hmm. You're not having to having to sit there and just like keep it under control the entire time. Which is which is cool. It's nice. Um, it doesn't have a, a crazy smoke output. It's got a little bit a uh, little bit of wisps coming off the tip. Um, I can say, what did I say right when you lit it up? It smelled really good. Yeah, <laughs> which which is funny. As a cigar smoker, oftentimes you're not smelling your own cigar smoke. Yeah. You're tasting it. That's mm -hmm. why you're smoking the cigar. But every once in a while, it's nice when you and I smoke together because I can taste the cigar smoke, but I'm also getting the aroma mm -hmm. of Theodore's cigar and vice versa, where you're actually able to appreciate not only the taste and the flavor, but you're appreciating the smoke as well. And th that's more of an outdoor thing. That's an issue that you have outdoors. Oftentimes, yeah. if you're smoking indoors, you're getting both. It is a little hard to discern your own smoke after tasting it. But if you have one where it comes across the room, you haven't maybe taken a puff and you don't have that fresh like cigar taste in your mouth. You definitely get more a distinct aroma off of it versus the flavor. Mm -hmm. I can definitely tell what they're talking about when they bring up the white pepper. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's I, that's the biggest note I, heard, I, I feel. I already, I could feel it on the edge. Just both sides of my tongue mm -hmm. are very like, uh, it's kind of, I don't want to say spicy, but I've got uh, a definite kind of... Uh, and like what, a, what they call this a solid medium body? They call it a solid medium body, not a tick over medium. Too full body. I don't, for, for us, considering we only smoke milds and mediums for the most part, a solid body medium sometimes can a, can kind of take on a full bodied like balance I guess is what you, I don't know it's got a very subtle box press I mean this is not something that yeah uh, I noticed when I, immediately when I picked up the cigar and then you had said something about it being box pressed and then I picked it up and I go oh it is when I think of box pressed I think of a very just square yeah, cigar very and sharp do you want to fill in our listeners on what a box press is versus like a standard roll uh, box press is is literally what it sounds like. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's put in like a mold and shaped to that mold uh, right. square. You know, it's right. kind of squares. It's it's basically flat on the top and the bottom and maybe a little bit round on the sides. Yeah. Um, you know, like like the, what are the kind of most popular, like Javas? Javas, but Javas are weird though because Javas are like skinny and flat. Yeah, they're very, yeah, skinny and flat. It's weird. Yeah, it's definitely um, weird. Yeah, it just gives it a boxier appearance. This one, it's, you can tell it's box press because the sides the top and bottom are flatter, but they still have roundness to it, which is kind of weird. Yeah, it's um, like, well, and you don't have the sharp edges like you do on box cut. Yeah, not at all. And one of the things I don't like about box cut is if they get too hot, 
that it starts to crack along the corners, mm -hmm. which is why rounded sometimes is a little bit better because you're not having to worry about that usually. But any areas where you have like the most give, it's, they have a tendency for the, the wrapper to crack. So what, what, are you getting anything else other than the, like, cause for me, I'm definitely getting that, the white pepper. Um, I can kind of see where they're, where they're kind of getting nutmeg from, mm -hmm. um, which is actually that the, the, uh, 95 or 96 point score was, was, uh, noted as nutmeg. It's not actually noted in their description. They say a uh, sweet cedar earth cocoa. I don't. I'm not you, tasting chocolate. You, in you this. know what's funny is, I did not read that. Um, the other note I was going to give was earth. Okay. Um, especially on the finish. Yeah. It's very earthy on the finish. Yeah. You know, and it's so funny too, because like, when we always make jokes about those guys that sit back and review these cigars, and they have like these very, very pretentious like things that they pick out. You know. Yeah. Oh, it smells like like a hint of freshly cut grass <laughs> or like in a spring morning yeah seasoned hay like bro like what are you eating seasoned <laughs> hay for that you know that that's what that tastes like but when they say earth it's like it really it, it it's saying like a, a spring morning or mm -hmm. something like that where you're out hiking or yes. riding a dirt bike or mm -hmm. something and you get that kind of like that earthy smell that smell that soil smell even like right after it rains sometimes mm -hmm. out and out in the you know out in the dirt or in the you know in the hills it can be like that it's yeah i, I get the hay because i kind of um uh, or like like the quote-unquote barnyard um, I kind of get that. That's uh, a smell that, that you smell. can almost taste. Yeah. yeah, I get that too. But um, it, it, some of them are weird, though. Some of those, some of the stuff that they come up with is yeah. like, where did where'd you get that? Yeah, where'd you pull that out? <laughs> um, but uh, so throughout this podcast, you're gonna see, or you gonna, you might hear um, us tending to the fire a little bit and well, putting in logs. <laughs> mainly just me, probably. Yeah, because um, Ryan started the fire. Yes, he did. Ryan uh, started the fire. But yeah, you'll you'll hear some of that in the background, and, and you'll just hear some stuff. But yeah, again, we're just kind of going through through stuff here, and just kind of having a good night. And we may or may not have a guest out here. Um, we're not going to say. Um, <laughs> our guest may chime in every once in a while with some noises like that. Um, some, the hype. And if you can guess who that is, we'll, then you can guess who that is. I don't, yeah, we're not going to give you anything. I think I still have one of those Swisher cigars. I'd be more than happy to send that to whoever guesses it. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> so this whiskey that we're drinking, there wasn't very much about it. Yeah. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you introduce it while I pour. Okay. Um, only because... It is it is kind of special to me. It is special. Yeah. So. Okay, so tonight we're drinking Coppercraft Distillery. Um, straight bourbon whiskey. I'm gonna take the first whiff of this thing. Oh, lucky. Oh, you wanna take the first whiff? <laughs> no, you go for it. All right. <laughs> Who wants, yeah, yeah. Woo! Let me just, uh, I wanna just smell the cork there. All right, smell the cork, go ahead. Here. I'm gonna pour you some. Oh man, that smells good. Uh, so it's barrels of four plus year old and 11 plus year old sourced bourbons that are blended to create a rich, smooth flavor. Uh, they use brandy blending to proof or bl uh, blending and proofing um, techniques that take three months from barrel to bottle. Um, so that's actually kind of a young, what we would call like a young whiskey mm -hmm. for only having a four year. Um, and then they obviously put in the 11 plus year to age it. Because I want to say they call it a 12 year aged whiskey. 
but I think it's actually kind of like a newer whiskey when it comes to that. Now again, we didn't have much, uh, I think there are some tasting notes online, but because it's um, something new and kind of fun, we, we wanted to actually do this one without the tasting notes and, and try not be influenced on it. So, is that established um, in 2012? Wow. It is, yeah, it's a newer, it's a newer distillery and it's from um, Michigan, I think Holland, Holland, Michigan. Is so it's the, Dutch. Is it? It's from Holland, right? <laughs> Holland, Michigan? They, are there Dutch people in Holland, Michigan? We should call and find out. Yeah, probably, yeah. We'll look it up. Um, yeah. We'll find out for you. But, Google that for us, guys. Uh, cheers. Cheers. Let's see how this thing tastes. It smells delicious. Oh, that's, that is Ooh, good. Wee. That is good. I like it. That is super flavorful. Mm -hmm. Um... Wow, that's really good. This pairs well with the cigar, too. Yeah. Um, we get really lucky with our cigar and yeah, whiskey pairings. Maybe we're just uh, cigar and whiskey likers. Yeah, that could be, too. <laughs> um, it's got a very sweet smell. I, I, like the, I, I definitely like the aroma of this. Yeah. Very smooth going down. Yeah, super smooth. Um, I definitely get... Ooh, there's like almost like an orange kind of, or a, a citrus uh, aftertaste on that, which is kind of cool. Yeah, maybe a little bit. Um, but I definitely get your standard bourbon, yeah. sugar, vanilla, mm -hmm. cream, caramel. Yeah. It's just... Uh, and and uh, and wood. Wood, <laughs> yes, obviously. Um, not smoky, though. No, not smoky. More like a, uh, like a fresh cedar or something, mm -hmm. which is funny because I think that was also one of the notes for the cigar was a uh, bright cedar, fresh cedar, aromatic cedar. Although I think you could argue aromatic cedar is like cigar, like most cigars are either boxed in aromatic cedar or Spanish cedar, or um, something of that nature. Did you say why this was uh, special to you? Not yet, no, no, okay. no, that's under my unique facts. All so, right. number one, um, the coolest and the most unique fact about this, Coppercraft, um, it's kind of a little inside thing. It was an anniversary gift from Nicole to me for our copper anniversary, which is year. Can you guess, Teddy? 15? I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> no, it hasn't been that long. It's been a while, but not that long. Uh, seven? Seven years. Oh, that was a good guess. Yes, sir. Seven years. We've been married seven years, and we have done um, themed anniversary gifts. There's, uh, you know, like back in the olden days, there was like a list of like all these like themed gifts that you're supposed to do, um, uh, you know, where y you have like, I think year five was um, wood. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and, uh, and so that one, I actually got my uh, um, 44 Magnum with wood, wood grips. <laughs> There's <laughs> so, wood on there somewhere. So sometimes, sometimes we're a little uh, liberal with yes. the, uh, with the, uh, with this. And so actually this one was a uh, unique thing because there's not a whole lot of copper gifts for men. No, yeah. Um, there's like a penny with our anniversary year, yeah. a penny with our birth, my birth year, you know. So there was some stuff on there and it just wasn't anything that really I was interested in. Yeah. There were some copper like coated pens. Copper cookware. Well, and, and I'm, like not, I'm not a big Moscow mule guy mm -hmm. for drinks because like those copper mule um, glasses are really, really cool. Um, but I'm not a big mule, um, Moscow mule guy. So... Um, Nicole saw this copper craft online and thought, how awesome is this that it's like a copper craft distillery? So um, it's kind of a play on the whole copper anniversary. So that's, I have that's actually really um, 
really good. I What's like crazy is our anniversary was a month over a month ago, and I have not. I mean, you pulled the plastic wrap yeah. off that, so I have not touched it. I was waiting uh, to do this on on smoke the podcast. So. I think Nicole actually urged me to urge that yeah because yeah, i was that. about ready to break it open the day the day it came in the mail as soon as we got that thing i was like cool i'm gonna drain half this <laughs> it's gonna start evaporating yeah randomly right it just evaporates little by little i don't know what happened to it but no i'm glad i'm glad um that we were able to to open this and try it out because i think it's it's awesome really really good well i'm glad i uh, am able to enjoy it too <laughs> yeah so i think thank the, you guys thank you for being married yeah seven years yeah you're absolutely uh <laughs> welcome thank you for being a part of the wedding too we appreciate you're it welcome. um the other crazy thing is i think the price point on it for being a small batch small distillery was only about 50 to 60 bucks for the bottle uh -huh. um, obviously shipping alcohol can be expensive so i think you pay a premium on that as well so I think if you were to order it, it's probably about seventy dollars or so. Um, okay, for seven fifty milliliter. Yeah. Um, reading but I mean, here, forty eight point five alcohol by volume, ninety seven proof. That was another interesting fact. It's a, it's a higher percentage than your average bourbon. Most bourbons yeah. are, you know, forty percent. Yeah. So for point of reference, Jack Daniels is eighty proof, which is forty percent. Yeah. So for those of you, and I know we've mentioned this before, but if you're not a whiskey or a hard alcohol drinker, the proof. Typically, the rule of thumb is you just divide it in half, and that gives you your alcohol percentage. So 100 proof is 50% alcohol. Okay. 80 proof is 40, you know, and so and on and so forth. 97 proof is? It's tough. It's 48.5%. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. Make me do math and... I'm sorry, man. It, it, it was... You just read it, too. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was awesome. It tastes great. I'm excited to um, have the ice melt in it, in, in it a little bit. Not that it's... Not that it's too strong. It's just it actually, very flavorful. It actually didn't need it too too much, uh, in my opinion. I thought it was really good from the get-go. Um, although, my glass was sitting out here with ice in it for a little bit next to the fire, so the ice might have melted a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. My, my, my ice was still pretty clean. There wasn't much water or anything in my... Maybe just a, a couple drops of condensation. So we'll see as it goes. Wow, this is pairing really well with the cigar. Yeah, too. this cigar is really good. I Just so you guys know, I did have to touch mine up a little bit. Uh, mine's still going strong. I've got about a three quarters of an inch solid white ash. That ash? That ash. That ash, though. <laughs> okay. <laughs> On to our main topic. Uh, COVID-19 and, and kind of uh, how life has gone with that and then also how that's affected guns, firearms, ammunition. Um, but let's start with a uh, quail opener so that way we can kind of get that, not out of the way, but it's it's a much smaller topic. Yes. So, so I will just say that uh, um, I, you guys probably heard this same stuff from me last year. <laughs> uh, I did not go to quail opener. Um, I've been pretty busy. Yeah. Uh, you know different career changes and stuff like that. So hunting is going to be on the back burner for me probably this season um, And hoping to you know kind of step it up next season get out there a lot more if I have some free weekends. I know um, That uh, Ryan's dad goes out. He I think he made it himself a, a goal of going like once a week, right? He went out this morning and yeah. he went out. We went out last last week. So um, uh, My dad is also retiring uh, Ryan's dad's retired. So I know they've been talking a lot. My dad's been really getting serious. Uh, he he's gonna be retired. He was uh, supposed to go with us on I opener, know. but I I think he had something to do or something. Yeah, he's he's kind of busy, but um, 
he'll be uh, retired in uh, November. Yeah. So I think like October 30th is his last day. So and uh, the brothers can get out there and uh, uh, my dad can try to chase my Uncle Frank around. Yeah. See if he can keep up with him. <laughs> For any of you guys who listen that know us personally too, if you would like to go at all this season, quail, chucker, any kind of upland game and you're interested in getting out there even if it is for the first time as long as you've got your hunting license um obviously you've done your hunter safety and stuff we are always looking for extra people to go out with us oh yeah more it's always better to go with more people yeah more specifically with my dad just because he does have a tendency to have more time to go on his own mm -hmm. um and we'd much rather have him paired up with somebody and to be honest it makes quail hunting way easier when you have at least two three yeah. four people and it's just safer to be out in uh uh to be out with more people, you right? Know? It's right. Just, yeah. You just never know what's going to happen out there. Yeah. Slip and fall, you know, stuff like that. You don't want to be out there by yourself. Yep. Um, so my my dad um, did his hunter safety when I, I believe he was like maybe twelve or yeah. eleven. So this was back in the days, in the sixties, and he still has a certificate. So for anybody that um, has an old certificate like that, yes. Or it, I think an old license, as long as you have your yeah. ID number. Yes. Uh, as long as, as you have, you know, even if you went hunting when you were younger, um, if you have that, you can still get your, you don't have to do the whole hunter safety over again. Yeah. Um, now they'll add it into their computer and it'll be connected to you forever. So whenever you get your license, um, you just have to present a photo state, ID. your yeah. photo ID and it's already linked up. Yep. So you don't even, um, yeah. you don't even need to present your hunter safety anymore. Yeah. I think you can even do it without an ID now, as long as you have your go ID. Because okay. the Go ID is unique yes, your to go ID. everybody. Because um, even when we go on, because I bought my, I, I bought my tags online this year, all my my hunting, um, mm -hmm. fishing license and stuff, and my Upland game uh, stamp was all purchased online. And it's crazy. You don't you don't even have to put in a driver's license number. I mean, you can, okay. but you can also put in your Go ID. Yeah. So. Well, um, that that's that's good enough. Yeah. Um, yeah, and when you if you do do the schooling, um, and. Uh, you know, you have to do the schooling if you've never gotten hunter safety. Right. Uh, they add that to your uh, your Go ID, so you always yeah. have it. Yeah. So it's always you'll, you'll get an actual certificate, but you don't even really need that. Yeah, as long as you yeah. have your Go ID number, you're good. Once you've purchased one hunting license, then you're pretty much good for life. Yeah, you're pretty much good for life. Yeah. Yeah. So you're safe. Yeah. <laughs> but it's always good to brush up on hunter safety. You know what I mean? It is. Yeah. Every year. So. Anyway. Um, how was quail opener? It was it was good. It was awesome, actually. Probably the best year we've had yet. Yeah. yeah. Um, I seen some pictures. Yeah. Looked pretty nice. You guys caught some birds. Yeah. So that's that's always good. I could probably send you a couple of those too. We could we could post some of those yeah. up too. Um, but yeah, we we actually went a little more local. I know usually we go up to like uh, the lower part of the eastern Sierras, um, or we'll go to like uh, we, we I think I think that's actually. What we did last year and then the year before that actually i think we did go um somewhere closer i'm not even gonna say where we went because uh it's kind of a hidden hidden gem because it's close and there's really not a lot of people out there yeah um but if you'd like to go with us we'd be more than happy to take you out there <laughs> uh, that being said we went we went um, about 45 minutes away from i guess you would call it like the corona valley area of of california um and uh and it was like a it's like maybe 30 45 minute drive to to the turnoff and then um about another 30 to 45 minutes of off-roading which is pretty crazy um and then 
Yeah, it's crazy. So, uh, just so you guys know, Teddy is trying to ash his cigar, and the ash is not coming off. How 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 much would you say this is? About, about an inch, an inch, maybe an inch and a quarter. A solid inch. Yeah. And it I won't. cannot flick this thing off. You? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. You missed your cue. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that um, <laughs> I can probably rub it, <laughs> no. and it'll come off. But yes. Um, this thing is well constructed. Anybody who had the, the negative construction reviews probably just got a bad one. Um, and to be fair, the, that touch-up that I did, um, I had a kind of a bad light because I, I coughed <laughs> in my light. And so I think I, uh, I definitely burned one side worse than the other. But so far, this thing has been holding a razor edge since I touched it up. Anywho. Which is cool. Anyways, so yeah, we went out. It was literally just my dad and I. Um, uh -huh. So your Uncle Frank and I and uh, his dog, Sam. I know we've talked about Sam on the podcast before. Yeah, we've I think had we've, a podcast we had, dedicated to Sam. Right, with uh, with my dad yeah. on it. He was our guest speaker, so that was really cool. Um, so yeah, that was awesome. Um, it was a really, really good a good, good day, and we were done fast, too. Yep. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, we got out there about... Oh, I would guess maybe about 6.30, 7 a.m. Um, light, it had already gotten light by the yeah. time we, we um, hopped out of the truck. And what's crazy is we went down along one of the ravines where we typically find find birds and really didn't get much of anything. We had a couple calls, a couple callbacks, um, and then not much. And so then we had this idea to just cut across rather than going down the ravine. We're just going to cut across over to the next guzzler. There was a guzzler that we were kind of aiming for, okay. and then we were going to go over across to the next way. And what's crazy is we started running into birds along that path um, over to the second guzzler. And I um, I think I think my dad got a shot off at one of them, but it was just a tad out of reach. And obviously with quail hunting, if, you're, if your dog can't get it on point initially, right, and it doesn't hold in the, in, in, in the, uh, like the brush or in the manzanita, there's a lot of like manzanita trees out there and in the brush. If it doesn't hold, they'll flush on you. So a lot of the times they take off and you're like, they're behind you or off to the side. And you you know what it is. It's like you're trying to spin and do oh, yeah. like a 180 and get this shot off. It's like trick shots and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so I think we missed that first one, but then we knew, okay, there's birds in the area. So yeah. we're good. Um, and quail are so startling when they they yeah it's when they insane. come up. Like, it's like you have to have your head in the swivel the whole time. Yeah, it's you, not like hunting dove where you're just like, okay, I see them. Well, and I, they come. I feel like you can't even have your gun unloaded or yeah. half, you know, or like you know, you got a couple in the tube but nothing in the chamber. Like you have to be ready to fire, like pretty much at all time. And um, so I think we had we had gotten to that point where it's like, okay, we got to be ready to go. And then um, this one flushed right near us, and man, like a single bird. Yeah, just a single bird. It flushed, and I heard that of oh, the wings. Yeah. And as soon as I heard it, 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 it was perfect. I was lined up straight on it. I wasn't like, I didn't have to turn. It literally flushed straight in front of me and took off in front of me. And I literally like lifted my shotgun, and I had a bruise like on my bicep. I didn't even have time to oh, set, yeah. set my stock, which I know I've been talking about this for a while, but I need a shorter stock on my, yeah. on my shotgun. It's too long. And that was part of the reason. But I, I fired on that thing and dropped it just as it ended its its uh, flutter. And uh -huh. it had just opened its wings to, to cruise down. Cruise down, yeah. And I, boom, I hit it. And it went down with its wings completely spread. I mean, it was just, it was dead on, dead on impact. Uh, my dad was just like, oh, my gosh, that was such solid a clean shot. shot. Like, oh, my gosh, yeah. So it was, uh, it was a really, really clean and, uh, and good shot. So um, got that one. And then Sam... We couldn't find it. We knew we had seen where it dropped. We uh -huh. couldn't find it. 
Sam was awesome. He found the bird, was able to sniff it out. We kind of knew where it was at, but we just couldn't find it. It was, it had fallen like dead center of like a manzanita bush or one of whatever the brush is that they got out there. So I had to kind of almost like crawl underneath and, and grab it out and everything. Um, but yeah, it was awesome. Clean shot. And then at that point, um, I let Sam smell it. He tried to take a couple little uh, nips out of it and stuff and get the scent. And then I pulled off a few feathers and just gave him the feathers. And you know how he is. He just inhales them. Oh, he yeah. smells them and then just inhales them, eats them. And like, he and then, and then at stuff. that point, from that point on, he was on the scent. Okay. Here's the crazy thing. We did not flush a single covey. The most birds that we ran up on was maybe four or five. We talked to a few other guys further down that had flushed a covey of, they said their biggest covey was maybe 20 birds, I think, uh -huh. somewhere around there. Um, but it was very strange. A lot of the other guys, there was one other guy that we talked to, and then there was another group of guys that were, they were all scattered. But we were hearing kind of the same thing, that they were all scattered, like, like after it rains. You know how they just kind of scatter yeah. like that? Um, it was strange. We were flushing one, two, um, and then the one of four, my dad was actually able to get a double off that one. He got, he got two of them off of that, that flush of, uh, of four, which was really cool. Yeah. That's, that's unusual. I it would, is. I wonder what that's due to. I don't know. Um, we were talking about, we were thinking maybe the heat. Yeah. That's what I was going to think. Uh, I mean, cause it's been, I don't know, I guess unusually hot. I, I don't know. Yeah. For, for this late in <laughs> yeah. October, um, we always get our warm days, but I mean, we were having hundred plus days. Yeah. Um, and that whole week leading up to it was a, like 100 plus days, um, 100 plus degree days. I want to say the day before we went out was like 106 here. Um, and I could only imagine what it was up there kind of in the desert and stuff. So um, even that morning, it was a very warm. It was unusual for like an opening day. I mean, opening day is always warmer than like when we hunt in January. Yeah. But it was like, I mean, by like by like 7.30, I was already like well, dri you, almost dripping in sweat. You think like, okay, dove opener sucks because it's so hot. It is. Yeah, it's going to be Quail, chucker, it's like awesome. You know, you're, you're getting into the fall weather, crisp morning, stuff like that. It sucks. Well, usually on you know. opener, you you start out with a sweatshirt or a jacket mm -hmm. and then you peel it off and then you're in a long sleeve or something. And then eventually by the very end of the day, you're starting to sweat. We were, I, I walked out in a long sleeve and was already kind of like, wow, after probably like a half mile, I'm going to be sweating. Yeah. Um, it was definitely warm and Sam, it affected Sam too. He was, he was drinking water like crazy. Um, but it was funny, um, based on my my dad's uh, Garmin, the tracker that he has mm -hmm. on Sam. I think Sam did about 14 miles that okay. day, if I remember right. And usually Sam does double what we do. I th yeah, well, usually do like he does like triple what you do. Yes, but it got hot. So yeah. initially, sure, he was doing a lot, but then he uh, then he started staying a lot closer once it gets hot because okay. he doesn't venture out as yeah. far. Um, yeah, and it was a little frustrating at first because he was he was just kind of taking off and doing his own thing. But it's also the first day of the season. Mm -hmm. He's very excited to get out, so I totally get it. You know. Oh, well, the thing about Sam, you know, I've hunted with Sam quite a few times, a couple times, and he gets this ridiculous burst of energy um, when he first is let loose. You know, when he's, you know, he's he's chilling in the truck, asleep, kind of, you know, just doing yeah. whatever and being a dog and, you know, kind of just lethargic looking. Yeah. yeah. And then as soon as we start going off road, you just see his head peek up and he's looking, he's looking, he's looking. As soon as he opens the door and gets that collar on, man, he is just sprinting yeah. back and forth, back yeah. and forth, back and forth. He's ready and to he's go. And he's kind of like wear himself out just a little bit. Yeah. And then he's ready to hunt, you know? 
Yeah, and that's exactly what we noticed with him too. It was the same thing. He just gets he gets crazy and he's ready to go. And then, really, like I said, it was he got on that first scent of bird, uh, the quail, and and then it was like all it was all business at that point. Um. So yeah, I, uh, I the only other two shots that I had again it was on singles um, where these things would just take off. One of them was way too far. Um, and I, I had a clean, uh, clean beat on it and I hit it and I knew like if I, it's either, I'm either going to hit it or, or it's just, it's going to be at a distance, okay. you know? So the wad, when I, I watched the wad come out of the, the shotgun and it was like, it covered up the bird. So I'm like, okay, I'm on, I'm on shot with that. Uh, but it just didn't have the distance. Yes. It just didn't do it. And then the other shot I had was behind me. What so were you I'm, shooting? Steel shot? Everything's steel shot okay. in California. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can. Use oh, the, tungsten the, the or bismuth. The fancier stuff. Yeah, no, dude, I don't have a budget for that. <laughs> I mean, come I on, I guess bro. I do, but... Come on, man. Yeah. I'm, you're, you're, how many how many shots have you really taken at uh, quail? And, I took three. Yeah, you're, you're not... You're I not, took three shots. I, I wouldn't take that stuff dove hunting. No, absolutely not. You're going to burn through that way too fast. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was a good... It was good. That that last... The, the other shot was tough, too, because it was, like I said, it was behind me. Um, and I spun and I shot and uh, I... I uh, I think I got close to it to, enough to scare it a little bit, but um, they just man they take off and they're gone. It's crazy, and because they weren't in a covey, it's not like you can track like, hey, ten of them went this yeah. way. Let's keep pushing this way. They'll hold, and uh, you know, once you flush them once, a lot of the times they'll hold. Yeah, you know, and to find to find one bird after it took off, it's almost impossible. Well, and I think Those Sam was, are... Sam was having trouble because there were there was scent everywhere. Yeah, it wasn't like. Hey, there's some concentrated scent because there's 30 birds yeah. or 20 birds or even 15 birds hiding in this one little area. It was like bird here, bird here, bird here, bird here. And I think he was going all over. And I, I almost wonder if we should have trusted him a little bit more. But obviously we're seeing them moving, mm -hmm. you know, and we were seeing them kind of crawling up the, you know, and, and walking up the sides of hills and stuff. So we would start pursuing them and trying to get him in that direction. And it's just like I think there was so much scent out yeah, there. Yeah, so scattered. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like I said, even even at that, uh, we got we ended up getting four. So that was a that was a really really good haul for uh, opening day for us. Because last year I think we got skunked, and the year mm -hmm. before that I think we only got one or two. Well, I know the first year that we, that I went out, I shot one round, and it was just to shoot it. it yeah, was, yeah. I didn't even shoot it at anything. Right. Um, so yeah, there's definitely picking up. Um, I don't know. I mean, having the dogs big. Yeah. Um, we had a good just understanding how to hunt now. Well, we had so, early like, we had different. early rain this year. Yeah. Um, or sorry, I should say last year mm -hmm. we had like early rain um, all throughout. Like I think it was like actually we started getting rain as early as I think October November last mm -hmm. year. We had a lot of rain in December, and then it kind of tapered off earlier than it normally does. However, I think it grew. Um, it grew. It allowed for a lot of growth out there. Um, and I know that my dad obviously goes out and he scouts all throughout the year and he, he was out there I think in July scouting and he said he saw a covey that had a what they call like a double hatch. So you have the adults and then you have either the young adults or the, the older juveniles and then you have reg, like oh, juveniles. Wow. Yeah. So he's like you could tell it was a, a double hatch and I, I heard out in, in Nyland where we go dove hunting that there were, they even had some triple hatches. Oh wow. So this is – and this so might my, be a good year for everybody. Well, my dad was saying not only will this year be good, but if we get early rain, which is I think what they're expecting, because we're supposed to get like a La Nina year oh, of wow. like the co like cold rain, not the not the warm like heavy heavy rain, 
example, like cold or like rain earlier in the year again, I think if we could do two years of that, it would definitely help our pop, like local quail population. So um, I think that's good as well. And I'm also thinking too that as, as sucky as it's been, I think COVID has also been kind of a good thing because I think um, there aren't as many people going out and hunting. Mm -hmm. And I know with the wildfires too, that's also helped because they shut down a lot of the um, like national forest areas and like a lot of the public land areas um, just due to the high fire risk, which keeps a lot of people off those, off those trails. Like, and not so much hunters, but like the off-roaders and the yeah. hikers. And oh yeah, definitely off-roaders. Um, and as much as like, it's awesome to see yeah. people out there, it definitely does. Um, I don't want to say wreck the habitat, but it changes their movements. It changes kind of where, where they're at and stuff like that. Plus, I also think it forces predators into certain areas too. So then they feed on some of these, you know, coveys and things like that too. I don't know. I'm not a biologist. I'd love to interview one though and ask them like, oh, yeah. how does all that affect everything actually my dad probably knows quite a bit of that stuff mm -hmm. too so but all in all it was good um we couldn't have found the birds without sam he was like a lifesaver um and honestly i thought he did a lot better on this opener than he has done on on other openers and other days yeah. so he's he's learning and as he's getting older i think he's maturing as and he's not like a, a puppy anymore yeah it's it's funny because um talking to my uncle frank it just depends on how Sam's doing I'm talking about the dog and some days he's jokingly that he's gonna get rid of him yeah. get himself a real hunting dog yeah um, and uh, our grandma uh, jokes that Sam is a uh, house dog he's not a hunting dog because he's spoiled yeah well <laughs> so that might be a little bit true he, he's definitely a good house dog yeah but then you see him out there working mm -hmm. he went on point on one for my dad i think it was the double that he went on point for my dad no 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 it was one of the other ones that we got um it was the the fourth one that we got he went on such a clean like point i mean it was insane it's like what you see in the in the videos or, yeah. or on like the pictures of a pointer like, yeah it's what, I mean, what he's looking for yeah like when we go pheasant hunting they're a lot bigger i think their scent carries a lot better and they stay like yeah. they stay in their spot and so when he goes on point with pheasant, it's like insane, right? Mm -hmm. But when he goes on point with quail, it hasn't always been as clean. And to see him go from like wild dog to like getting the feathers, getting the scent to like, okay, now I'm working to like getting that point to me, not working with Sam every day. I was blown away. And I think my dad was even like happier with, with Sam and everything. So it was a really good day. It was awesome. I was really, really happy to be out there. That's so, good. Yeah. Um, yeah. I need to get out there. Yeah, make me want to go out there. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, even if you take this year off, I think it, it, honestly, I think Sam's only going to get better and better yeah. and better. So, um, so before we uh, maybe move on to our next uh, topic, second third of this, what do you think? Someone had writ, uh, written down on their review. Actually, I read a few of them that said that these things are probably uh, like loaded with nicotine. Mm -hmm. um, and granted, with cigars, it's natural nicotine. It's not the infused nicotine or whatever. Um, I definitely am thinking that that might be the case. Uh, this thing is really, really um, kind of just giving me that like yeah head change. Um, I'm not feeling it too much. Oh, really? To be honest. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think the they're strong. White pepper is kind of maybe my tongue's gotten used to it. But I don't feel it as pronounced uh -uh. now. No, it's... Um, the one thing that I am noticing is I'm having to puff on it a little bit more to keep it uh, to keep it going, um, burning evenly. Right. 
Um, this is where my uh, my fast uh, faster actually, although you're kind of keeping pace with me on yeah. this one, um, but my faster draw I think is helping with that because I haven't really had to puff on it too much. Yeah, I haven't um, had to touch it up with the lighter at all. The ash I was able to flick off <laughs> out of probably about an inch and a half. Yeah, I would guess. it was, it was yeah. a pretty good. That's it's pretty solid. Good chunk. That's like a that's like a, like Oliva status. Yeah, this is pretty good. Pretty well. Um, you know, constructed cigar. I had heard opinion. of my father's cigars, but I've never ever really had one. I don't yeah. think so. This was and this was funny how we came about this. Uh, we were at the shop and we were just kind of looking at the typical cigars. Yeah, you know, and um, Ryan, in typical Ryan fashion, was just like, "Oh man, why don't we just get a Rocky Patel?" Yeah, you know, like he hasn't smoked a million Rocky Patels. <laughs> Shut up, <laughs> they're good. Okay, sue me. Um, and I saw this. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. I've never even heard of this. And it turns out they're like a really, really yeah. good cigar. And we had no idea. Oh, what's funny is we were looking for the, I think it's called the psychotic or the psycho or something. Because yeah. it's got a, uh, a prescription. The yeah. band is a pres uh, doctor's prescription label. And we thought that'd be cool with the COVID. Yeah, we thought it'd be funny and ironic. And that but everybody's going crazy and being locked up. Yeah. But, uh, oh, we got speed Ooh, racers. Hot, hot riders. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, no. So we ended up kind of uh teddy ended up kind of finding these and they're actually really cool they had like a ribbon on them and they're super fancy so uh, really nice they the presentation of them is, is beautiful actually they're yeah one of the few labels where it, it's not all gaudy and crazy they're just very like sophisticated yeah very sophisticated and elegant yes i uh i really really think that they uh they're they're good so um, and the band the whiskey, removed really easy too. The whiskey is pairing excellently, and now that it's got a little <laughs> bit of water in it, I yeah. feel like it's almost bringing out more. F I thought it was going to dead deaden the flavor, but it's bringing out a little more flavor. Um, to be honest, I'm actually digging this more and more as uh, uh, as I'm drinking it. I'm liking well, it a lot. it's funny I didn't realize like because when I first taste it, you taste all this flavor, and uh, but you don't really notice that there is actually kind of a bite to it. And then as the, the water kind of melts it out, but it allows you to taste a lot more of the yeah. pronounced flavors, which is I don't cool. know. I feel like uh, maybe like apple, pear yeah, kind of flavor. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely a some fruity. fruity fruity flavors. Um, not so much uh, not so much of the uh, citrus, though. More of like a, uh, yeah, yeah, like apple, pear. Yeah, or, not, uh, not very citrusy. Yeah, like a, just a sweet, um, almost like a, like a, uh, almost like an apple pie or something. Kind of. <laughs> Um, is that some of those pretentious tasting notes that we? <laughs> no, I, I, I feel I like kinda, the apple pie is very simple. I, I kind of get, yeah, that's uh, that's as American as it gets, bro. Right. Wow, dang, look at us <laughs> being all American. So, anyways, well, let's get on to our our main topic, uh, kind of where we've been with everything, and then COVID nineteen and guns. So let's just let's just throw it out there. What are your thoughts on COVID nineteen and the coronavirus pandemic? We are in some unprecedented times right now. We are experiencing the new normal, as they call it. Um. <laughs> well, my thoughts on um, I'm a man of science, so you know you kind of just take the data as it comes in. Um, I don't really have an opinion on whether we should be wearing masks or not. Um, you know, whatever. Uh, yeah, I'm not, we're not going to get into is, that, but just kind of what you've been experiencing um, with all of this. What I've been experiencing is um, a lot of people that may have not been um, gun people starting to become gun people. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, the sales are going up, things like that, even though politicians are talking about uh, 
restricting even yeah. more. Um, I, I wonder if that has something to do with it too, though. You know, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, you know, you can get into all those conspiracy theories or whatever, but yeah. um, I just think like last year's ammo laws um, suck. Yeah. And now maybe people that wouldn't be buying ammo are buying it and thinking right. like, okay, what is this all about? I didn't know we had to go through all this. Well, yeah, you voted on it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really funny to um, kind of run into run into some people that I've known that have, have almost been even like anti-gun mm -hmm. that are now like, oh, I'm, I'm buying guns or I bought my first gun and I'm buying ammo. And it's like, bro, how, how have you been doing this for so long? Like, how have you been into guns, firearms, buying ammo for so long? Like, yeah. this is brutal. Like, what I had to go through to, you know, uh, he goes, I, one of my friends goes, oh, I, I was looking up guns on the internet. So I picked out, like, one that I really thought was cool, and I went down to Turner's, and I went to go buy it. And they're like, yeah, no, you can't buy that gun. Here. Yeah, you don't, it's on the California yeah, handgun Yeah, it's not roster. on the handgun roster. Oh, what's that? What's that? <laughs> okay, well, what about an AR-15? Well, it's got to be featureless. Yeah. It's got to have a mag lock, or it's got to have this. It's like, okay, wait, what? Yeah. Like, can't I just buy an AR-15? Like, well, no, you got to... No, can I just use? The, uh, let me use the gun, uh, the gun show loophole then. Right, like, oh yeah, let me just. Does anyone know of a gun show that sells them? No, you still have to follow all the California laws. There's no loopholes. There's nothing. You know, like congratulations, welcome to California. Yeah. So I think it's been really cool because I feel like it's been a way of just like people are learning trial by fire. Yeah. And I feel like you and I. I've had a lot of people that we know where we're like, hey, this is kind of the process you go through. And a lot of people are really cool. They're like, oh, that's really great and stuff. But some people just don't care until they go and do it. And then they're like, wow, this is like way more invested than I thought. The one thing that doesn't bother me too much, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not like I'm, you know, fully stocked up on ammo or whatever, but I, got, I have ammo um, for, you know, I, I have I have enough to be comfortable with, right. with what I have. Yeah. Um, the only thing that kind of bothers me is, um, you know, if I wanted to go hunting, um, luckily I have steel shot. Yeah. Uh, but if I wanted to buy something, uh, you know, like tungsten or bismuth or whatever. Actually, you can get all that. Um, is it easy to get? Yeah. In okay. fact, so that was one of my experiences I wanted to share. Um, when I went to go get the, the steel dove, um, uh -huh. the Kent fast steel, um, and the, and the dove, uh, shot that I always, I always hunt with every year. Um, I like the Kent ammo. It just, it's good. It's cheap. It's, uh, well, not cheap, but it's, you know, it's reasonable compared yeah, to some of these other I have ones. an ammo box full of that, so that's um, why I've been shooting. So I think I've got, I think I've got about almost probably like close to a thousand rounds, if not more now, just, of just steel shot. Yeah. Um, it's probably more than that. <laughs> um, but when I went into Turner's the day to go get it, it was prior to dove season back in, I think August or so. And um, this was already, they had already been out of ammo for months at yeah. this point. I mean, because what, we went into lockdown in, in March, mm -hmm. March 16th, and, and by April or May, all the guns were sold out, all the ammo was sold out. What they do have a ton of is hunting rounds, Yeah. because not okay. that many people hunt. Um, so they had stacks and stacks and stacks and stacks of boxes and crates and cases of dove rounds, um, bismuth, tungsten, you name it, they had it. They had, well, that's um, good to know. They had sure. big caliber, so like all your big game hunting, so your three, your 30 out six, your specialized 308, not yeah. like your, not like your military your standard, 308. Yeah. Um, FMJ. Yeah, uh, 4570s, you know, anything that you, any caliber you could think yeah. to use for hunting, it's available. What they do not have is 940, 45, 
303-562, all of your home defense and personal defense rounds. Yeah. Gone. Okay. Buck, buckshot, pretty much gone. Um, slugs, pretty much gone. Um, yeah, because my, uh, you know, my dad, when he was thinking about going, he's like, okay, well, if I can get my license, he's like, okay, you know, do you have any rounds? And I go, yeah, I got some shotgun rounds. And then I realized, I go, oh, man, never mind. I got I got 20-gauge shotgun rounds because that's yeah. what I shoot. Yeah. Um, yeah, and my dad has a uh, 12-gauge, so that wouldn't have worked. And then... Um, I was like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the situation is right now. If you can go to Turner's and yeah, you can. it's going to be easy to get well, that stuff. When I was there, like I said, in August, they had it. And then um, we've been to Bass Pro Shop a few times just to, you know, get camping gear and clothes and stuff like that. Just because it's, it's fun just to go down there for the day and kind of look around the store. And it's something to do to kill time um, since everything else is closed. But apparently Bass Pro Shop can be open. It's fine. Um, but, yeah, all, they had all their hunting rounds in stock. All their, they had tons, tons and tons of, of steel shot for shotguns. So that it's interesting to me that that stuff is very much available. But what I've also noticed, Turner's, Ammo Brothers, um, uh, Bass Pro Shop, all these places that I've either been by or, or driven by or um, stopped in at, they all have like either a whiteboard or a chalkboard or some kind of a board at the front of the store that basically just says, today we yeah. have these things in stock. And they literally have someone sitting out there because you got to wear your face mask and you got to like if you're going to go to the gun counter, you have to sign in at the front. Like you okay. can't, they won't even let you in the store. Because um, I went to go exchange a, a fishing rod and uh, just happened to go in there for that purpose. This was uh, this was actually a month after I bought all the Dove stuff. Um, went in there and they were like, "Oh yeah, yeah, come in, exchange whatever you got to do." And um, then I'm like looking at the front. I'm like, well, do I have to wait in that line? They go, oh, no, you're going in for fishing. Just go right in. Anyone who wants guns and ammo, you got to wait in this line. Okay. Um, so it's it's pretty crazy. Like yeah. it's it's uh, it's definitely a different thing. I mean they had – at Turner's, the, the line was probably about 20 people long just waiting. And some of those people have been waiting for an hour or two. Uh, let me ask you a question. Sure. Because um, I'm hearing a lot of people are trying to buy their first guns. Um so you get that gun that you like, yeah. and they don't have it. So say, say you get a gun, and um, you, in, in your head, and, and you say you want a Glock 19. Yeah. Um, somebody told you to get a Glock 19. It's a good first gun, and uh, you can't find it. Um, and do you say, do you think someone should just settle and get, you know, maybe like a, a 38 or something smaller caliber? Um, well, it doesn't really matter if you can't find the ammo for it first yeah. and foremost, right? And then the other thing to think about as well is you can't. In California, unfortunately, now you can't you can't buy ammo off of somebody else, mm -hmm. and you can't really even like trade ammo or anything, right? Like, let's say you came to me and said, "Hey, Ryan, I'm out of 45. Do you have any 45 that you could give me?" I, I legally would not be able yeah, to do that. Yeah, you cannot do that, right? So even if you have a buddy that's like, "Hey, I've got I've got a bunch of ammo. You can have some." You, you can't do that in California, so it doesn't really matter. So unless you can secure some ammo, it's it's just probably not going to happen. I know a lot of stores, and I'm sure you've probably seen it on Facebook. They're saying, "Hey, today we have." You know, um, Springfield XD9s in stock. We have Glock 21s. Um, we have, you know, maybe maybe a few Glock 19s in stock. Um, what you can do, a lot of the times now, they're just keeping them at the warehouse. They're not even sending them to yeah. stores. And you just go in, and they're literally going, okay, we're going to put it in on the computer. Yeah, get a it. Yeah, we're going to um, get a deposit. 
once it comes in, then you come in, you do your dross. I, I I mean, at least that's my understanding. You might be able to dross it right then and there, but I'm not 100% sure. Well, you just need a serial number, I think. Um, so then maybe, so here's, then that would, here's my guess, is that if they have it in stock at the warehouse and it's not something that someone else has already reserved, you probably could dross it yeah. just based off that serial number. Um, if it's one where they don't have it in stock, but they know that they're going to get them in, they are taking deposits. Some stores I know are taking deposits on stuff that they don't even have in yet. So as soon as they get it in, you're on like a wait list, right? So you put some money down or you figure out a way to put a deposit down and then they call you the day that they get their Springfield XDs in and say, Hey, look, you wanted a Springfield XD nine. We got them in finally come on down. We got a serial number for you. We'll dross you now. The other crazy thing is it takes 10 days to do a dross in California. Yeah. Right now, it sounds like, from what I'm hearing, the wait time is closer to 20 to 30 days to run the dross because okay. the, the system's backed up. <laughs> Plus, so, people that have owned guns for years but have never bought ammo because you can't buy ammo without buying a gun recently uh, are now having to do the background checks through the DOJ. Yeah. So they're filing for that $19 form. So the DOJ is now having to redross all of those people to get them cleared on the, the ammunition list. So that way they can go and buy ammo. So do you have any advice for someone that's trying to buy their first gun? Uh, you should have bought, bought it. One you should have bought one last year when we said to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Come on. Um, you're going to have to, you're going to have to, you know, uh, my advice is just go, just go yeah. down to the store. Ask them what they have. Inside. Somebody. What I would say is instead of coming up with one gun that you want, cause I mean, let, let's be honest. If you and I were to go, okay, I, you know, I have a list right now of like probably two or three handguns in my head that I'm thinking of that I've been wanting for a while, but it's things that I haven't needed. You know, mm -hmm. it's like I have the guns that I use every day, you know, like I have the guns that like what I have right now is efficient for what I need. Right? Yes. But to have a few more would be great. Right. But even when I was buying my first gun, I thought, well, I could get an XD9 full size. I could get a subcompact. I could get a Glock. I could get, you know, a CZ. I could, you know, there were a few different guns where I'm like, oh, it'd be really cool if I owned all of those, right? If you're one of those guys where you're like, I don't care if I get a 1911, an XD, a Glock, whatever. These are my top three or top four. I would say go in with that list and say, hey, what do you have on this list? Or what can I put a deposit on? Because, I mean, at the very least, just put a deposit on something. If they allow you to put a deposit on the gun that you want, that's better than settling for, like, a 380 yeah. or, like, a little revolver that you're not familiar with. Yeah. At the end of the day, you got to also remember, too, that's the gun that you're going to have to utilize, right? Like, as if, mm -hmm. for home defense or personal defense or if you're going to get a CCW, you don't want to get something that you're not comfortable carrying yeah. either. So you're better off just not... I mean, I don't know. I guess the argument could go one way or the other. Yeah, you could say, it's, like, uh, it's better any, to have any a gun. guns. Uh, yeah, no so gun. some guys might. And, and, and if you're one of those guys where it's like, hey, any gun's better than no gun, sure, then do that. But if you're one of those guys where you're like, I'm not really familiar with a revolver, I really want a semi auto, or vice versa, or like, I'm not very familiar with Glocks, or I'm not very familiar with Springfields, or I don't want something that has a hammer on it, like, and you're very specific and, and you know you're going to have issues with it, don't buy that gun. Yeah, I would say for anybody. Um, buying a gun right now and this time is not impossible um, but, but you're going to have to put in a little more work yeah you know that's yeah. basically it if you want if you want something you got to you got to really look for it you maybe you got to call up a bunch of turners maybe you got to call up a bunch of a lot brothers. of them aren't even taking calls I don't um, think either just to, just to see yeah if, if they're not taking calls I mean, just, but just to see what's in stock because I know a lot um, of them have to visit a couple different stores yeah you know? Yeah, I know a lot of them are saying, like, don't even call. Just yeah. come down to the store because we can't – we're not going to sit on the phone with you all day, like, checking inventory. So, 
Um, yeah, and every store is different too. So yeah, it might be worth giving a call and just saying, hey, what's your what's your process right now? A lot of them have been really good about posting it on social media, though. I know yeah, Turner's, Turner's like if you go on their good. Instagram, you can look at all their frequently asked questions of like, mm-hmm. due to COVID nineteen, what is the process now? So I would say that that would be that would be cool. I mean, we were in we were in Bass Pro Shop not more than like a couple weeks ago, and it was completely empty. Like there's there was like a couple of their probably like ten thousand dollar over and under shotguns <laughs> and maybe like one of their super fancy like weatherby bolt action rifles yeah and maybe like a high-end like assault rifle and that was like yeah i mean you know how normally it's what is it like six guns on one of their racks and they've got like a i feel like a hundred it's probably like 20 or 50 of those racks where they fit six guns on here there was maybe six guns in the entire store okay that's and, crazy and I'm not sure how many of those guns have already been sold and are yeah. just sitting there waiting to go out the door, too. There was almost, like, no handguns in stock, too. And a lot of that stuff they're not even pushing out because they don't want people to know, like, what they have out. Yeah. They want you to go in and let them know, this is what I'm looking for, and they let you know, okay, it's allocated and you're ready to go. Like, hmm. it's crazy. What doesn't it's, this say people want to protect themselves, man? It's crazy. They're saying that yeah. this is the, the – I think this, they said, is the record number of gun sales in America <laughs> ever before. And and from what I understand, it's the record number of first-time gun owners in yeah. America. Yeah, I think um, I think the, the anti-gunners are going to be anti-gunners. Um, I think what you're seeing is – the people that have always been on the fence about it, yeah, finally mo- getting motivated and and uh, doing something. The one workaround, and it's not really a workaround; it's just part of California law. Is if you're somebody who has a father, or you're a father who has a son or daughter, you know, there's some kind of father, son, mother, daughter, mother, yeah. son, mother, or whatever, whatever, yeah, some yeah. kind of some kind of a parental relationship, and they're they're a gun person and they have multiple guns. You can transfer any of those long yeah. guns without any kind of paperwork. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know about ammo, and I'm not even going to talk about it because yeah. I don't know. You'd have to look that up. I don't know if an- ammo is interchangeable between father and son. You know, The reason why I say father and son is because I think that's honestly how the law is like, worded. Um, between like a, you know. But that might be an option too because I know a lot of guys that are like our age that like haven't maybe grown up like around guns or haven't hunted but their dads grew up doing yeah. it and stuff like that. Or maybe their grandfathers did and passed a lot of guns down to the father mm-hmm. or something like that or to the mom. And so you could go and say, hey, look, I, I would just like a, a shotgun or a rifle or something. You can do it with a handgun as well, but you have to file some – there's some kind of a form you have to file with the DOJ that is like a transfer of – it's not a transfer of ownership, but I think it's like a transfer of possession or something mm-hmm. like that. And again, I'm just spitballing here, so please do your own research. Yeah, We're not lawyers. We're not, it you know, it's just, it's just research, stuff man. that I know and that I've heard of. Um, so it's just it's interesting. So that might be a workaround for somebody that maybe grew up in a household around guns, but has just not pulled the trigger on Hey-o. buying their own. Yeah. So you guys get it? Pulled the trigger? Uh, so a good one, huh? <laughs> um, so, so uh, you have anything to add about this whole uh, situation, COVID situation that we're in right now? Well, I mean, aside from uh, uh, you know guns and and kind of our topics aside. Um, I would say that, uh, you know, we are seeing a lot of difference in, um, in, in people's behaviors as far as, you know, we're all cooped up inside. Mm-hmm. We're not really supposed to be going out and doing anything. 
Um, in California, for those of you that aren't in California, I mean, it's it changes on a daily basis yeah. of, okay, you can go eat indoors now. Nope, now you have to eat outside. Now you're back indoors. It's just, you know, and there's all these weird tiers. And, I mean, everything changes on a, on a minute basis. It's the same thing with the guns. It, it all changes on a minute basis. I think a big thing, I mean, yeah, gun laws are crazy, um, especially in California, but... Um, I think another another big thing is um, people not being able to go out and and eat at restaurants and drink at restaurants. People are saving a lot of money. They are, um, and they have a little more extra cash to be buying guns. Um, those that are still working. Yeah, those that are still working. Yeah. Um, so maybe that's what you're seeing as far as uptick in gun sales. Also. Well, what's funny too is like there's guys that I know that own already like a pretty big arsenal. You know, I was talking to a buddy of mine that has already probably like 10 or 12 guns and he's like, well, we saw one that was like a pretty good deal. We've been meaning to get it and mm -hmm. we have a lot of money coming in right now because, you know, working overtime or whatever. So, I mean, there are even people that, that don't necessarily need to be braving all of this crazy stuff that are. And then, you know, like you and I were saying, we, we, keep, we keep ammo in stock. So I haven't yeah. really had a need to go out yeah i'm at a point right now where um i have ammo but i'm not really going to the range and shooting definitely at all. not well um, and a lot of ranges have restrictions yeah right now anyways yeah i'm kind of just you know i'm not planning on buying anything new yeah um i kind of have what i want already um i've, I've kind of wanted to get a glock 19 um to because i feel like i like the glock 19 better than like the springfield xd yeah just personal choice but I have a Springfield, so right now that's what yeah. I have. That's what it works. Absolutely. So well, I'm thinking we'll stick of, with that for now. of making a switch from the Springfield uh, X, uh, XD subcompact uh -huh. over to like an M&P Shield, just because okay. it's a little slimmer. I and, like the M&P Shield. Yeah, they're just smaller. And, I really considered buying an M&P Shield. Well, and it's nice, you know. They're, like I said, they're just smaller, more compact. It's a little yeah. easier to to carry and Single stuff like stack. that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I mean, it's just. But it's like, again, you know, I'd much rather right now for me, yeah. the XD works just fine. And yeah, right now you don't and, need it. Well, and I, you know, I might be kind of weird this way, but I'd much rather have that go to somebody that needs it than, yeah. than myself who doesn't, I don't need it. You yeah. know what I mean? So, and I noticed that too. It's the same thing. Selfless, bro. It was, well, it's not even <laughs> that, but it's the same thing with when we did our, when the magazine thing happened and people mm -hmm. around the United States stopped buying magazines during our Freedom Week. So that way Californians could buy up all the magazines. Yeah. And that was like a really cool move. Gun on, community coming together. Yeah, exactly. And it's kind of the same thing. I am hearing that from most of the gun owners out there. Like if there's not something that they're really looking for where they like, hey, I just heard they got these in stock. They're a great deal, you know. And that's the other cool thing. A lot of the um, dealers around here are not jacking up their prices. I mean they are because of manufacturer. Like if the manufacturer raised the price, then yeah. they have to. You know, but a lot of them are trying to give them, get them out at like minimal cost. Yeah, um, I noticed. I mean, you know, you hear a lot of um, stuff from about retailers uh, like Turner's. Some people don't like them, and they, you know, whatever. Um, but they've been pretty fair. They've, they've been amazing. They've been really um, trying to help people out and kind of doing their best, trying to keep up. Yeah. Um, I use them as an example because they're the most local to me. Yeah. Um, you know, there's multiple stores closer than like a big Bass Pro Shop or right. Ammo Brothers just to me personally so. yeah yeah no and they're they're really they've been really good about saying hey like this is what we have in stock this is what we're going to get in stock if you need it come in we'll help you through the process the other cool thing was the day that i went in to go buy the, the dove um ammo uh there were all these guys in their turner shirts all behind the counter and it was an amazing thing to see them going through it over and over again 
with even with the same customer. Can yeah. you show me one more time how to load this thing, how to do this, how to do that? And they've just been like awesome in teaching people like, hey, this is how you're going to use your gun. I mean, we always emphasize like training with your gun and learning how it works and being, you know. Yeah, dry practice and all that. Yeah, all of that. So this, this is the time to utilize dry practice right. when you're not going to the range. Right. And, uh, What's training. crazy is airsoft sales have gone up. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. Well, and then the other thing we noticed, all the camping gear sold out because everyone can't because you can't go yeah. to the mall, you can't go to the movie um, theater, you can't go to a restaurant, you can't go do anything. People are going out on the weekends and going yeah. camping. You can't even get like campground spots. Oh anywhere. yeah, um, they're booked up for like months. Yeah, my brother is actually camping right now, and um, they were trying to. I think they're looking for a second spot, and it was almost impossible. Yeah, yeah, um, it's yeah, it's they insane. booked really early, but you know, yeah, uh, it's crazy. The uh, amount of i mean the wildfires haven't helped either because yeah. mammoth got shut down with all the wildfires yeah. too and yeah they, they did yeah um actually my sister's up there right now in mammoth yeah. they're they're actually on two separate vacations my brother and sister <laughs> yeah um and my sister was supposed to go last last month to mammoth and it got canceled. Uh, yeah the air quality was so bad they yeah. just decided not even to go yeah so it's 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 been a crazy year not just with covid but with the wildfires at least in california and then we've had just you know all kinds of just insane stuff going on so it's been it's been wild and that's kind of why we've taken a break and a step yeah. back but um to to deviate away from uh the the covid um topic is just kind of um you know, just because i think that's kind of really all there is to it there's been some crazy like court cases that have gone on concerning um judge benitez and the magazine laws mm -hmm. and the ammo laws and things like that that's going to be i think heard at a higher level now yeah even though it got overturned yeah, appealing it or yeah, something. Yeah, for me, every time I hear something got overturned, I'm I'm so like cynical now. It's just like, yeah, yeah well, because we had during sometime in the last year, we had an ammo overturn yeah. thing. So people were ordering ammo online, mm -hmm. and then they put a stay on that too. So yeah. it's uh, yeah, it's been brutal. But um, to um, kind of, I guess the uh, we're gonna go longer on on this episode, anyways. But um, to kind of find a uh, way to kind of tie it all in together. Um, let's talk about kind of life and why we've, we kind of mentioned it a little bit on our, our last episode, but why we've kind of taken a step back from smoke the podcast. Um, well, I mean, just 2020 in general. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we mentioned it, so 2020 started off weird. <laughs> um, it started off with my grandfather passing away. Right. And that was in January. Right. Um, so we kind of took a break, um, with, uh, Ryan having a baby. Yep. That was in December. And then, you know, that's like <laughs> quick. Uh, you know, that's that's like um, okay, we'll give, you know, Ryan a couple weeks or whatever. <laughs> you know, he's got to he's got to take care of a, of a little one now and yeah. he doesn't have as much time and yeah. you know, things are, are are hectic. Yeah. With a newborn around. And then uh, enter the new year, my grandfather passes away in late uh, January. Right about the time we were about to get yeah. Right back um, up and running. That happens. I was pretty down and out. Um, after the funeral, which is in early February, I got really sick mm -hmm. um, with, I'm assuming, the flu. COVID. Could have been COVID. I don't think so, though. I mean, I don't know. Whatever. Um, and actually, my, my whole family, well, I was sick for a we, couple weeks. I, I was sick at the funeral. Yeah. and I, I was, might have brought the Rona to the funeral. Yeah. I was sick for a solid month, it seemed like, where my chest didn't feel right. Um, Shortness of breath. Yeah, it was it was a rough Interesting. one. Interesting. Uh, anyway, <laughs> that passed, and then, like as soon as I started feeling better, I remember this. 
as soon as I f started feeling better, I went to the gym, started working out, and then I probably played uh, racquetball like twice, and then the gym got closed. Yep. And then we were on lockdown, and then well, just the uncertainty. Well, so then that all started, right? And that was right about the time we were supposed to get back into everything. Yeah. And then my profession in real estate was deemed unessential for the first like two or three yeah. weeks. So we had completely halted everything, like all the escrows that we were working. We were like showing up in, in like shorts and a baseball hat. Like, hey, what are what are you here for? Like, oh, I'm doing a home inspection, but don't tell anyone. Like, because mm -hmm. I mean, we we were technically allowed to continue our escrows, but it was one of those things like we weren't supposed to be showing houses, we weren't supposed to be doing anything. So we lost a lot of business yes. during that time. So then I started going, okay, I, I got to figure out what I'm going to do right now. So then, right about the time you were ready to come back, I was down and out like mm -hmm. all right i don't know what's going to happen so i had a good three or four weeks of uncertainty and then they said okay real estate agents and and everything in the real estate industry is now deemed essential because they started realizing people still need to buy yes. and sell houses like people have to live places. yeah people have to live places yeah um so then i went back to work and throughout this entire time um madison um had colic and was just it was like it was a very stressful time not only at, with work but also at home you know with her crying and everything and then um, you know, with Nicole and uh, my wife being in school and everything, it was just like a balancing act of trying to do all that. What's crazy is her first day back, um, Nicole's first day back was like the first day of the lockdown or second day of the lockdown or something. <laughs> so um, coming out of this like maternity leave and like all of a sudden getting thrown like into the fire kind of a thing. So it's just, it, we had a very hectic home life until about June uh, and then everything. So you live with a hero. I do live with a hero. Uh, yeah, in fact, uh, a hero uh, lives at this house, you know, so it's it's uh, it's it's amazing, actually. Uh, hey, but I'm essential, too, yo. Yeah, you are essential, bro. You are a hero. Uh, not a hero, just essential. <laughs> I didn't save any lives. I just probably infected more people going to houses and stuff. But, um, but yeah, it was crazy. And then we were learning all these new things in real estate has, has uh, increased the paperwork amount like is insane anytime you go into a house you now have to sign all these forms and you know you might be exposed to coronavirus and this and that and so then it was like re like re seriously relearning my business um and then it just seemed like uh, june we were finally settling into everything and then all of a sudden out of nowhere the real estate market exploded yes real estate market did explode it's insane it still is and we're finally on this downward trend of like things are slowing down mm -hmm. i think it could be due to the election and stuff like that whatever um but it is nice because i've finally had a chance to kind of breathe yeah um which has been cool so i was working tons and tons of hours every week and just busy all over the place plus the new baby and um you know just everything we have going on so it kind of made sense at that time for me to take a step back for all the summer and then that's when stuff started then when i started getting comfortable with everything that's kind of when you you started getting busy again so yeah it's been it's been crazy because uh you know i did have a business also um not in real estate which was an essential business unfortunately we serviced uh businesses that were being affected by covid right um restaurants and and uh, those kinds of places were all being shut down and they weren't able to pay for our service, yeah. um, causing that to get really slow and causing right. me to actually get another job, uh, you know, a real job, I guess you can say. Well, you know, going into a career, uh, new career rather yeah. than running your own business. Yeah. yeah. So, um, getting that all squared away. Yeah. Um, so yeah, now, now we're finally in a position where we're, things have kind of, I, I don't want to say normalized, but 
have kind of like leveled out. <laughs> yeah, to where we can actually kind of take a minute and breathe and, you know, we're not we're not just like constantly on the go all the time. So it's been a, it's been an interesting, um, well, I guess now it's been probably more than six, six months, right? Yeah, Since from March. March. But even from the beginning of the year, we're in yeah. we're in month ten now, um, which has been crazy. And for mm-hmm. me, it's it's been since December. So, you know, eleven, ten, ten, eleven months of just craziness um, and everything. So it's um, it was it's 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 been tough. Um, yeah. But I. You know what's sad is um, starting my new career and you know getting in orientation. You start talking to people, um, people that have. Uh, that that you know were part of the orientation with me yeah um are a little bit older and you start talking to them uh two guys that i've talked to had businesses that were affected by covid to the point where they had to get new jobs right um it's crazy yeah we're seeing a lot of that too i've had quite a few friends call me over the last few months and say you know my job got shut down my position got eliminated Mm -hmm. i've been furloughed i mean i know guys that have been furloughed from day one and they're just now finding out that now they're going to be laid off. Yeah. So it's no longer furloughs. They're just done. And um, I had some other friends that have, at the very beginning were laid off. So it's like it's it's been coming in waves and stuff too. Yeah. So and then and then you know when we open back up, I feel like everyone rehires or you get hours again, and then it just shuts back down. You know, just depending on mm-hmm. if cases spike or whatever. So it's been um, it's been really interesting um, to watch all of this kind of happen. Um, not good interesting necessarily, but just... Yeah, it, it's it's sad to see uh, what's been going on. Right. Um, but like I said, hopefully there's light at the end of the tunnel. Um, sometimes, you know, when you go through stuff like this, you think there is no light, but um, yeah, I mean, we're, we're getting through it, man. Well, one of the things I can say that I think has been some of the positives that I've taken away from this is, is A, um, you kind of see how... how uh, uh, well, first and foremost, what we've already kind of t- covered is people are learning so much about firearms through all of this. Yeah. And they're learning not just about firearms, but one, one thing that I've, I've always been a little bit passionate about and probably should be more passionate about is uh, emergency preparedness. You know, yeah. all this panic buying at the beginning of the pandemic mm-hmm. um, and people not having essential supplies and people fighting over things in stores, you know, like yeah, the toilet, like paper. toilet paper and, and uh, even cases of water and cleaning supplies and things like that. And it's kind of nice to go walk into a store and actually see half of the aisle filled with toilet paper and yeah. water. Not, it, nothing has been fully restocked yet anywhere, yeah. uh, but it is kind of nice to see that. But it's also been really cool because we've gotten to meet a lot of our neighbors because we're all home now and we're all out, you know, mowing the lawn or hanging out in the front yard. And, um, and that's been great. And I feel like, yeah, like we were saying camping and stuff, we're running into tons of people that are like, I'm not working right now. So I'm up in the mountains or business is slow. So I'm here or there. And and we've been fortunate enough to be able to go camping a few times, um, and even take a trip uh, out of state and stuff like that. And that was really interesting, not pertaining to the podcast at all, but um, or the topics that we talk about, but obviously taking a commercial airline and all of this and, yeah. you know, kind of all that. It's, it's been really cool. One of the things I'd love to talk about um, in a later episode was I actually traveled to um, Montana with a firearm. Okay, um, that's, a, that's actually And good, it'll be really cool. I'd love topic. to go over. I was, I, you know, you can ask Nicole and, and, you know, some of the people that kind of are close to me. And I, I know I shared a little bit with you as well, but it was nerve-wracking walking into an international airport with a firearm, you know, (laughs) thinking like, oh my gosh, and you have to declare it. And it's like, how do you even go about doing that and everything else? So 
Um, you can't obviously run in there and say, I have a gun. Do you declare it the same way that Michael Scott declared uh, bankruptcy? Bank no, no, absolutely okay. not. In it's fact, not they good, tell you, good way to do it. it's really crazy too. I mean, you just, it's, it's, it ended up being way simpler than I thought, but I'd love to go through that process. We don't have time to do that now, but we can do it later. Um, but it was really cool seeing that. Um, and then again, it's been really cool just seeing people kind of gather together again as like a community, even though we're not supposed to gather together, so yeah. to speak, but even in keeping distance or doing mm -hmm. virtual stuff, it's it's been really uh, it's been tough, but there's been a lot of really positive things that have come out of it, in my opinion. Yeah, the way I see it is, uh, we're just making stuff work. Right. Um, you know, that's that's pretty much it. You got to make stuff work. Yeah, life life has to go yeah. on. You know, um, it's been really cool to talk to a lot of people. Uh, it's so funny because when we were doing Smoke the Podcast and we were like really on top of it, I felt like clear up until we stopped. We were getting, we were finally picking up momentum and I felt like, man, no one's really hitting me up about this stuff that we offer. Like, you know, we always offer yeah. like, hey, call me if you have any questions about firearms, about yeah. hunting, about this, about that. And I feel like in the last, I would say six months, maybe not so much at the beginning, but in the last, you know, five to six months, I've gotten more phone calls, more text messages from friends, family, people I don't even know that well going, hey, uh, did you mention that you go hunting? What do you know about guns? What do you know about this? What do you know about that? And to be able to share a lot of that information with people has been really cool. Cool. Yeah. So do you have anything else to add or? No, but I think... Um we can uh we have some content that we can put out i think our maybe our next episode should be um about your experience uh with checking in a firearm at international airport yeah uh we can uh run everybody through that process yeah um i definitely in a future episode would like to talk about an experience that i had uh recently with a uh a dinner that i went that i attended with bourbon um, oh yes, that's right. And I do have a bourbon from that dinner. Okay. Um, so we'll talk about that. Um, we should see. We should see. I don't want to get anyone's hopes up here, <laughs> but we should see if we could get a chef. Oh, okay. Like I don't know if we do it through Discord or Skype or something like that. We can figure things out. But if we could, if we could figure out a way to get um, the chef of that dinner, yes. right? Um, who is a listener? Yeah, who is one of our one of our actual loyal listeners? Um, I'd love to have him on the podcast to talk about that dinner. And yeah, that that'd experience. be awesome. Yeah, and and also share because he's in a different state, kind of yes. maybe what what he's seen um, in his state. Yeah, Arizona. Yeah, yeah. For those of you that don't know, it's Arizona. <laughs> and Arizona, from what I understand, has been very relaxed on everything. Yes, my cool. experience, um, not only at that dinner but just in Arizona in general, was was pretty neat. You know, everybody respects. Uh, the distance and the mask, but you know you can still go in a restaurant and eat. Right. You know it's pretty. It's pretty. It, they kind of have like the best of both worlds going on over there. Yeah, um, it was the same thing when we went to Montana. Yeah, definitely um, a really interesting uh, vibe mm -hmm. compared to California. So it's it's been really cool. Um, and uh, surprisingly, uh, people were more interested to hear about California and what we experience here than I thought. Yeah, you know, I thought we'd be kind of shunned because we're from California. Well, I think um, it's a joke. You know, they kind of like, oh man, California, but then they're very curious. Like, yeah. well, what is it really like over there? So, do you have any final thoughts on this cigar? It's delicious. Um, the The head change is gone now for me. It's yeah. it's just smooth now. It never really hit me too hard. It's funny. It was only during the second, third. second, third. Yeah, now that I'm in the last third, it's uh, the third, third. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's definitely like mellowed out. Um, yeah. I really 
it didn't really ash too much. It yeah. ashed again on its own, uh, fell off. Uh, it's been burning pretty solid, nice line. A little bit, little bit uneven right now. Yeah. Um, we have a raging fire going on over here right now, which is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, I don't um, know how that... Oh, it's the MDF. That's what it is. We're burning MDF on top of the firewood. <laughs> that MDF, it, it just like explodes. But I'm digging this cigar. I would definitely smoke another one of these. Um, if anybody's a cigar smoker, check this out. Um, My pretty... father, Fleur de los Antillas. Uh, yes. See, I can't, I can't even, I don't even remember what it is. Um, and my thoughts on this whiskey, if I did not have to drive home, I would definitely have uh, more of this. Yeah. But I'm going to stay at one glass. Well, that um, just means you're going to have to come over for another one. Oh, yeah, for sure. So we'll have but, to start the night with that one, for sure. Um, it's, it is solid, very smooth, um, very flavorful. Yeah, as I said, with, with um, the ice melting... I just pick up a lot more of that uh, apple pear flavor. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was weird too, because I thought for sure that the that caramely vanilla um, kind of flavor would yeah, carry your through. Yeah, typical whiskey flavor. Yeah, and it did initially. Flavor. You get that flavor, but then it, it, it just got so much better as mm -hmm. uh, as as time went on. I'd be interested to try it with like a sphere or even with um, stones, just to cool it, but not to uh, dilute it. Uh, or yeah, we can even try it straight one of these days. Honestly, that would that would be um, good too. But yeah, as uh, Things happen with Smoke the Podcast. We got very lucky again with a good pairing. <laughs> yeah, it's a crazy first first uh, cigar whiskey pairing back and, and uh, an awesome pairing just by sheer luck. Anyway, so. thank you, everybody. Thank you to our special guest who's out here with us giving us uh, woos. And, uh, and keeping our fire going so I didn't have to, even yes. though... Ryan started the fire. The Ryan did start the fire. The only thing is that I heard s'mores were going to be involved tonight, and uh, I have yet to see any evidence of well, that. Well, I think maybe we'll do it once we uh, wrap up here. Okay. It would probably have gotten pretty messy. Yeah. Uh, s'mores always get messy, but it's worth it. Definitely. So, um, again, check us out. We're going to be hopefully updating our uh, Instagram a little yeah, bit we'll more. Yeah, we'll get all that stuff and, going. Uh, get things back, back in order. We also have, I think it was an episode 19 that never aired um, oh, so that one's gonna go out. Yeah, uh, and then and then twenty, and then now twenty-one. So. All right, sounds good. Yeah, which you guys will hear this after <laughs> they've all aired, so it doesn't matter. But uh, again, thank you again for keeping up with us, and we appreciate it. Smoke the podcast. Signing out. Have a good night. Bye.